saying fuck them kids. Sauce, man walk and drip. Sauce, see me cooking at the kitchen. Floss, good looking at the whip. Run with the horses, burning and dip. Sauce, take a trip to the six and sauce. You could have take a sip, me say sauce. Man get off my dick. Sauce, man get off my dick. Still jiggy with the stitch, still fucking with your bitch, y'all. And your hoe on my dick, and your hoe wanna split. Sources, one with the sauces, she ain't tryna even fuck with you. One with the sauces, and the sauces, one with the sauces. She ain't even gon' come with you. One come with you, and the sauces, one with me like that. Not like that, my bitch. Yeah, that's side chick. And you know how I do it. So smoking, so rolling, so shady, and you know when I'm rolling. How are you doing? You are listening to the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. We are broadcasting from UBC's campus on the unceded and traditional Musqueam territory in Vancouver. I am your host, Sarah Unju, and I'm really glad to have you today. We have an amazing show for you today. I am going to be honest, it is less dense than previous weeks. But I think, you know, that's okay. That's still good. We're p- still putting out content, which is what's important. So what we have today is a review of Suitcase Stories by Nico. And then another review of The Third Realm but that's happening in the Polygon Gallery up in Northwind. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> up in North Van. That's better. <laughs> this is by Silvana. And then I have an interview with local artist Donna Giro. She is a painter who used to be a nurse. She was apparently she was actually a head nurse, which is really interesting to think about because, you know, from a nurse to an artist, that's that's a big shift, which we talk about in the interview. And then I am going to talk a little bit about the Vancouver Art Gallery because I attended the media preview about their exhibitions that is currently going on right now until April. So you have a lot of time to check them out. I will be talking more in depth about them. And then we have two shout outs. We've been having a lot of shout outs lately. Amazing. Honestly, this way, I mean, we can't review everything and we can't have interviews with everyone, unfortunately. But with shout outs, we still get the word out there, which is what we're, you know, what we're doing here, which is what the Arts Report is about. Also, you may have noticed that I am calmer than usual. <laughs> I feel like I have pretty high energy normally and that, you know, I I actually don't know how to explain it. It's just that when anytime I'm doing the show, just in life, I have a lot of energy. So that reflects onto the show. So anytime I'm doing the show, I have high energy. But, you know, life has been hectic lately. It's just a lot of stuff has been going on with school. As you can imagine, if you're a student 
even if you're not you may have students around you and it takes a toll on your energy it really does <laughs> so I am going to be uh, a little calmer today if that's okay with you all maybe it's good to have a little calm session and a little peaceful time <laughs> once in a while and by once in a while I mean like this is the first time in two years so <laughs> I hope that's fine with you oh god my voice just did something there <laughs> anyways so I'm gonna we're gonna actually you know I did talk about what's in the show today but I'm not we're not following that that structure that you know line of stuff that I said at all we're actually starting off with my interview with Donna Giro and after this interview we're gonna go directly into a quick add in PSA break and after the break I will be back don't worry not going anywhere and I will tell you about what's coming next we'll see it's one of the two reviews who knows which one you have to stick around to find out okay <laughs> enjoy the interview okay hi everyone i'm here today with donna giro an artist whom i'll be talking about her new solo show together is always better that was inspired by and is a direct response to the current pandemic hi donna how are you well i'm fantastic thanks for having me today of course so before i get into talking to you about the show itself i am just curious you were a nurse for 14 years right I was, yes, so, one of the head nurses at St. Paul's Hospital. That's amazing. Um, how did you make such a drastic shift of beca from becoming a nurse to an artist? Yeah, absolutely. People always ask me that because it's so drastically different. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to kind of heal and give, and so nursing was a very natural uh, career choice for me. Uh, and then one day, I don't know, halfway through my career, I was just sitting in a restaurant with a friend and they said that they really liked this painting that was hanging behind me at the table. And all of a sudden I was just like, ha, I can paint that. <laughs> so I literally went down there the next day, took a photograph of it, tried to recreate it and gave it to him as a present. And he was like, wow, you actually bought that painting for me. I was like, no, 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 I painted that. <laughs> um, and then it just unfolded from there. I took a one course and then I met the right person to put on my first show. And then I realized, wow, okay, I actually have something here worth uh, showing. And people showed some really amazing interest. And then it got to the point where I was doing both nursing and art basically full time. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do that anymore. And it was just too much. But then I thought, okay, I need to start healing and giving in a different way. And I just made the decision with my husband to give it a try and I gave up my license three years ago and it's been the best decision I've ever made. Wow, that's amazing. I'm so glad that you're happy about the decision you made. Absolutely. Yeah, and so um, going off of the same subject, how did your experience as a nurse affect you during the preparation of this show considering its relation to the current pandemic? Yeah, you know, I think... I might have had maybe a bit more of a connection, mm -hmm. just knowing what frontline workers, healthcare workers go through on a regular basis without even a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the fact that my husband is a physician as well mm -hmm. uh, at Lionsgate Hospital here, um, I was definitely just intertwined with it, uh, both historically and currently. So I think it really made me think more about what people were going through and all the emotions that this current time has uh, created and I wanted to look at that but then I wanted to find the beautiful moments that came out of these last seven eight months and showcase that through my art so that was kind of the whole transition into why I wanted to do this show mm -hmm. okay interesting and um talking about the show it's titled um together is always better which I think yeah. is a very pretty and um like a really nice message to give as you're introducing the show itself uh, how did you come up with it uh well so every piece of art or every body of work or every show I've ever put on always has a positive message it's always about getting people to kind of rethink what they're doing empowering them to be more kind empowering them to be more present to connect and then 
going through all of this pandemic quarantine time, we were all forced to be alone. Mm -hmm. However, I saw so many moments where people came together despite having to be forced into, into their homes. So, you know, example, for 84 plus days, I banged pots on my patio, did not miss one night. Mm -hmm. It started with just me and my neighbor. And at the end, it was our entire block. You know, so nice. we have a couple of 90 year old ladies who live in our complex. And we were always dropping in on to them to see if they needed a little extra something. And then just seeing all the posts on social media, people singing on balconies in Italy and just, it moved me. And mm -hmm. I wanted to provide that positivity in this really unfortunate time. So I just thought, you know, all these things meant all these things are us being together. And so I wanted to paint that and kind of reflect my emotions through onto my canvas to, to say that message. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so nice. And um, I actually took the virtual tour on your website. And I Great. noticed that all of your paintings also have such positive names. And I can't imagine that they're, you know, it took some time to actually think about them. And what I was wondering is, uh, how the process is like do you come up with the name first and then go off of it to the painting or vice versa uh, for these types of shows when I'm uh, cr like creating a distinct message mm -hmm. what I did first was come up with the names and so I wanted so once I come up with those names I'm actually able to think about well how does that name then look like with the texture and the colors that I choose so it's very intentional. So yeah, definitely the names came first. And then I, uh, yeah, just thought how that would look onto canvas to relate that same message. Mm -hmm. And um, do you use a lot of different textures in general? Um, actually, it's just one medium that I use. It's called molding paste. It's kind of like a drywall mud, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I put that on first. So that's what I'm really known for is the textural shapes. Uh, so I put that down and I kind of let that just be a bit of an organic process. Normally when I'm painting a bit mm -hmm. more intentional when I have these uh, names and plans already planned out. But uh, so I put that, the, the molding paste down and then I let it dry for about 24 hours and then I add the paint on top. Okay. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> so your paintings themselves are more on the abstract side, I would say. And Definitely. I also read that you're drawn to abstract paintings too. Uh, Always. Yeah, I was wondering why. <laughs> yeah, it's super weird. I think for the, I, as long as I can remember, I always gravitated towards abstract. And I think it might be because it allows me to formulate my own opinion about what's going on in the art. And I love that about when people come and view my work. Like I might have an intention. I might have... Uh, an idea of why I created what I created. But then when someone comes and tells me that it reminds them of their grandfather's cabin up on this lake and it brings them back to such a beautiful moment, that just blows my mind that I have the ability to share my story, but then also create stories and emotions for other people. So I just think that's why abstract art is so awesome. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, I was just about to ask you if you ever have people who interpret it in very different ways than what you have imagined when you were painting it, but you answered that while you were talking about it. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, absolutely. I think what I most try uh, and do with each painting is more is evoke an emotion mm -hmm. rather than um, like like a literal story or a literal shape. Like it's not just like a mountain and that's where I traveled. I really want people just to kind of search their feelings. And like I said before, the message is always positive, but mm -hmm. the pieces always evoke a very peaceful and calm, tranquil kind of feel. So as long as they're getting those vibes, I've done my job. And then they let the story kind of unfold for themselves. That's nice. And um, it's funny you mentioned in the beginning how when you got started, you thought, hey I can paint that and then just did it um do you ever get that type of reaction for your own paintings and if you did I was just wondering how you would react like what would you say as a oh if someone said that to yeah 
Um, I get it all the time. Some, I think a lot of people think that abstract art is very easy mm -hmm. and it may look that way perhaps just from viewing it, but I assure you, because I've now spent 20 years mastering my technique, like if you saw that first painting I painted and then saw what I did now, you would laugh. It was so bad, but at the time it was lovely. So I think that just educating people that, you know, there is a bit more to it. There's lots of subtle layers and just subtleties that you learn and master over the years. Uh, I learned a long time ago that you cannot take everything that people say uh, to heart because, A, you're in a profession where you literally are putting out something to be judged, to be viewed, to be looked at, and not everyone's going to like what you do. So I had to learn that very early on. Otherwise, you know, I would be in tears all the time. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I just try and educate people when mm -hmm. the opportunity arises. So okay. it's not too bad. Yeah. And um how long did it take for you to create this show from beginning to end? Well, typically it takes me about uh, almost a year or two from like conceptual planning, uh, then painting, then all the writing, then actually hosting the show. Uh, this year I hosted another show. My, my first show was in May mm -hmm. and that was kind of, I had all had it all planned prior to the pandemic and then the pandemic happened, and then obviously no one was allowed to come. So I pivoted yeah. really quickly. I threw it on my website and mm -hmm. did the whole virtual tour, and it was amazing. It was so well-received. I was like, well, let's do this again. So I actually turned around in about five and a half, six months and painted eight new pieces. Um, this show, that the Together is Always Better, was actually uh, an in-person show as well as a virtual show. Mm -hmm. So I let 42 people into the gallery, socially distanced, of course, so I almost had to create two shows oh, wow. in half the amount of time. Uh, so it was quite a undertaking. I did it. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, I probably won't do two in that sort of a time span <laughs> again. But uh, yeah, so typically a year, I can maybe force it out at six months. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's really interesting because I did um, read that your previous show was canceled and held virtually due to COVID-19, mm -hmm. but I didn't realize that it was so close to together is always better and that, yeah yeah that's interesting and so you had an in-person show for this one um I did yeah. yeah how was it considering the previous one had to be held virtually yeah you know what it was uh, it was a beautiful I don't know it was about five four or five hours because what I did is that the 42 people that got to come to the show. They were in pairs. Mm -hmm. uh, so 21 different time slots. So two people got to come into the show at a time, okay. walk through on their own at their own pace kind of thing. Every painting was draped off with drapery. So you mm -hmm. had like the barriers. Um, you were greeted with an interactive kind of experience where you started to talk about your experience of the pandemic. And so I had someone ask the guests, what their favorite part of the pandemic was mm -hmm. to kind of get them in the mood of the overall theme of the show. They worked their way through and then I was at the end where they got to chat with me and then they made their way out another door. So it was a very emotional experience. I felt that the message really resonated. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't necessarily like sell off the walls that night like I typically do. It was more about just being really present with the message and the experience. I had people in tears at the first painting uh, multiple times, which was an incredible yeah. thing that I, you know, to be able to do. Uh, and so it was really well received. Yeah, that's that's so nice to hear that people, there are people who actually appreciate art and mm -hmm. you get to see that as the artist yourself. That's really yeah. nice, that's amazing. It, it's a gift to be able to see how people respond. It's really neat. Yeah. And so talking about selling your art, um, you do sell, you are selling the paintings from Together is Always Better, but I saw that most of them was already sold. It's <laughs> 50% sold out already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, congratulations. Do you sell you. prints? So if people don't buy the, can't buy the original artwork, maybe they would want to print. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a variety of prints available uh, online from this show specifically. I did do one print per painting. Mm -hmm. So it's a one of one limited edition. So 
worth a little bit more if you know I become extra famous. <laughs> uh, so yeah, those are available online uh, with an easy click of a button, and it takes you to the checkout. And it's uh, a 16 by 20 matted frame, so mm -hmm. really accessible for anyone's home. Really easy to buy a frame. It comes with a frame, but mm -hmm. even if you wanted to change out the frame, it's very simple to swap it out. Yeah. So yeah. Would you like to remind everyone how they can find your work? Yeah, absolutely. Easiest way is just to go straight to my website, which is Donna Giro, G-I-R-A-U-D, art.com. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Or my, yeah, my Instagram handle or Facebook handle is at Donna Giro Art as well. Yeah. And um, are you planning on any new shows for the upcoming year or are you just taking it taking your time right now <laughs> i think for the remainder of the year i'm certainly not going to be producing any more shows yeah. i am still currently uh creating more work mm -hmm. uh, i know that this time of year people are starting to think about christmas and so i'm going to be offering a couple of smaller options because you know not everyone can afford to buy a friend a five thousand dollar piece of art so yeah. <laughs> i'm going to do some smaller pieces plus a few regular size folks uh pieces as well for folks that are perhaps looking for art for their home too mm -hmm. and then i'll probably wait until uh, about another year to mm -hmm. uh plan the next one i already have the idea the concept's already percolating in my head uh but this one's going to be a bit more uh planning from uh infrastructure and people involved so i'm looking really forward to it yeah. so hopefully next september we'll be producing this show yeah um i will be looking forward to it yay thank you so much for joining me today i really do appreciate it thank you so much for having me yeah and um have a nice day okay you too <laughs> thanks so much Discorder, that free magazine from CITR, has been documenting the best in music, arts, and culture since 1983. Let's see what one man over stage has to say about Discorder. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Dogg, and I fucks with Discorder magazine. How about that? <laughs> Smoke you every day. Pick up a copy around Vancouver or f with Discorder online at discorder.ca. Nothing goes together better than live music and a beer. Or two. Or five. Wait a minute. An estimated 886,000 Canadians aged 15 and older abused or were dependent on alcohol in 2012. One in seven Canadians aged 15 years and older experience verbal, emotional, and physical abuse as a result of another person's drinking. Make sure a fun night out doesn't ruin everyone else's, or your own. If you see yourself or someone you know slightly off-key, help everyone out and step in. After all, you want to be able to remember the show tomorrow morning. Welcome back everyone. Hello. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I certainly did. Except for the last part where I was like, have a nice day? <laughs> Just questioning. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? Do I want you to have a nice day? <laughs> of course I want you to have a nice day. I want everyone to have a nice day. I wouldn't wish a bad day on anyone. If and unless you're like a really, 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 really bad person. But that's not what we're talking about today. Anyways. Okay, so moving on. Let's go to Nico's suitcase stories. And then I will be back again. <laughs> Enjoy. Thank you, Seda. This is Nico Martin Machino. And today I'm going to be reviewing a play by Makii, that is M-A-K-I, last name E-Y-I. She is a native of, of uh, South Korea, but she is now a Canadian working in the theater industry. And I got the opportunity to see her play, so I'm very excited to talk about that. Just a little bit about the play. The play was performed at the Pacific Theater. Uh, this venue is, is a little bit smaller, a little bit more intimate, and that is to my liking. So I really enjoyed it. It was the first time I've ever been there, and uh, Maki performed well on it. She she uh, used up all her space pretty pretty well, engaged with the crowd at certain times, and uh, it was it was a one-woman show. 
So uh, she really did well in that sense, and uh, I enjoyed it. Now, to talk a little bit about the play and also the um, COVID restrictions so the audience can know that, that it is a, a safe environment to attend to. Now, the play story is with only her tiny suitcase in town, Maki leaves her home in South Korea and takes off for Canada simply because her brother had a map of Toronto. After spending four weeks in Toronto taking English classes, Maki moves to Regina and on, on the suggestion of a classmate. There, she discovers theater. Enrolling in the local university to study theater becomes her only option in life, launching an ongoing project of immigration visas, paperwork, loans, and not to mention the challenges of poverty and racism. Now to talk a little bit about the COVID situation there, seats beside, in front, and behind you will be blocked from sale just to give you that little bit of space. The front row is also blocked off from sale. This, is, this may affect uh, overall availability and seat selection. Also the ability to purchase addition nearby seats at a subsequent date. So the protocols for COVID are in place and everything was, was really safe, well organized. And um, it, is, it is ready for the audience to, to attend. Now this performance will also be on from October 14, 2020 to Sunday, October 25th. So I attended Thursday, October 15th, went with a friend, and uh, like I told you about the hypnosis, it was it was a it was a good it was a good story for us. You know, we uh, I was born in Canada, but my friend was uh, is from Chile. She's here on a work visa, and she's going through the immigration process right now with Canada. And uh, so we were both really we really understood it a little bit more empathetically, and uh, even Maki through her performance, the way she read, she she had written it. Also, it would give any 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 person that empathetic feel of what the process is from immigrating with uh, with just a suitcase. Also, not being familiar with the English language too well, even though Maki did mention she did learn in Korea some English, and um, it was it was one of those plays that it just really made you understand a little bit more of how hard it is to get to Canada. And um, also just just understand what it means to be Canadian and the process and the opportunity um, in the sense that the virtue of being Canadian, at least from my own definition, is that we have the luxury to pursue our, our beliefs, our goals, our dreams. And the government, for the most part, it helps us out. It really sponsors us and endorses us to go chase those green dreams, whereas in other countries, it's a lot harder and you're kind of fighting the system a lot more. Um, so with Canada, it's it's one of those where even immigrants, like with Maki's story, she can come here and, and, you know, she even just for the little bit that she's here, she can discover, she can explore what she wants, what her passion is. And then from there, have an opportunity to apply to study or to work in our society and, uh, and, and further her own self-discovery while contributing to the society. And uh, like I said, that's the virtue of, of Canada. And that's exactly what she did. She uh, she came to Canada and she fell in love with theater. And now everyone that is in the art scene knows that theater is, for me, it's one of my favorite forms of of art. But it's also very hard to, to find jobs sometimes. And uh, to, you know, sometimes when you look at, when you tell people you're in theater, they, uh, they might not fully understand what that means, you know, or like, how can you live off that? Or, or you know, what is that actually a career? And she talks about that herself, too, where she kind of had to shy away from telling people that she was in theater. She tried to beat around the bush. And um, but nonetheless, she, she found her passion. She found her love and no one could take that away from her. The only thing that was in her way was this immigration process, which is quite grueling and quite hard. It's um, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, for the most part, applying to Canada is 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 pretty, pretty open. But um but it's it's not that hard to to do the whole process. I knew a one one family that were, they were refugees from the small country of Eritrea in Africa, which is neighboring to Ethiopia. And uh, this family lived in a refugee camp. And while they were trying to process their application as a refugee to Canada, they, in the refugee camp they didn't have any computers 
or if they did, it, it was barely, rarely available. And also, they didn't have anyone to translate all the documents that you needed, which the Canadian government asked for. They asked for the, the doc, documents to be translated into English and, um, and you, for you to sign everything. And, and you know, that, that, that in itself, going through the documents is very emotional, very emotionally grueling. And um, so that's just an example that it was really hard for them to, to get over here, but they made it. But um, let's just say that not everyone makes it because of those reasons. They were fortunate because of some, some third-party help and all that stuff. But um, this, this is what Maki talks about in her, own, in her own story, is that she had to learn English even more so. She even learned French. And she also had to apply to so many different places. And it kind of seems a little redundant, the process sometimes. But uh, that, that is a protocol. That is, the, those are the steps that you have to take to be a successful applicant for for a student visa, for permanent residency, for refugee, all that stuff. So you have to go through these these hurdles that are very emotionally draining, mentally exhausting, and physically just uh, yeah, just tolling. And she does this nonetheless because she found what she wanted to do. And again, so what I loved about this was because it's just it's just almost like the Canadian dream. You know, it's not easy. It's, you know, it's not like this fantasy world where you can get whatever you want. But you can definitely work towards it, and you can you can see results as much as you try. And uh, and you know you do need to get lucky. I believe that you need to get lucky a little bit in everything. And uh, you know she she definitely got lucky in some senses. And that that's the beauty. That's the beauty of uh, of this story and the play is that she in this day in reality she's performing this for us, telling her story when she, when it was so hard for her to even get to this point she didn't even know if she she was going to be able to stay in Canada and, and keep pursuing her dream so in the end it was one of those plays that I think is really worth checking out I really think if anyone has an opportunity to to go to this play and it's running till October 25th at the Pacific Theatre to go definitely buy your tickets check it out and hear uh, Maki's story and um yeah, I think it was worth it. Me and my friend had a really good time. We just reiterated to each other how much we enjoyed it. And it's a great excuse to get out of the house and to know that there is art forms being performed out there despite the COVID restrictions that are going on and the pandemic and everything. So it was nice to get out, to know that it was a safe environment. People are following the rules. And at the same time, people are being vulnerable with their art, which is what I think is is the most important thing about art is just being just being real, just showing who you are, or at least, uh, yeah, just just preaching your own story. You know, at the end of the day, that's that's, a, that's worth my time. But um, yeah, it was it was a really it was a good outing. I have to say, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to go there, and more than anything, grateful for for Maki sharing her story with us. And it was it was comedic, you know. It was it was a little. Sometimes it was a little emotional, and um, also it was it was it was at the end of the day it was it was quite pleasant just to see her story, and and she also has a charisma about her where when she engages with the crowd, you know you can't shy away. You almost just want to talk to her. You want to instigate some type of conversation. But um, it was it was it was an enjoyable experience, and um, yeah, like I said, I hope everyone has an opportunity to go check it out, and she. Uh, she yeah she's in in Vancouver now she she landed in in Toronto first and then she went to Regina like this Gnosis said so she in a way I was thinking about it I was like man this Maki I think knows more of Canada than I do you know I've I'm mostly stuck on the west coast I've had my moments where I've gone to the east coast but uh, she's really done the tour de Canada so uh, it's been it was it was a nice story to hear about how you know her interpretation of the prairies of the east coast of Toronto the big city, and uh, and now the west coast as well. So it's one of those true Canadian stories, like I said, that is something that I believe Canada should should keep endorsing as much as we have immigrants coming in and being a part of our society. Now there is accessibility options for this theater. All you have to do is just contact them. And uh, tickets also go $30 a piece. And uh, the shows are usually on the evenings at 8 o'clock. And I believe on the 25th, it is at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So just a heads up for that. 
please stay tuned for Maki's further works, other performances that she does as well. And that is it. Thank you so much for listening. Back to you, Sera. Oh, thank you, Nico, for that lovely interview. Not an interview, lovely review. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm just laughing because I very much enjoyed the fact that he tried to pronounce my name correctly, but um, couldn't. <laughs> you know what? My name is difficult to pronounce. It's okay. It's fine. Anyways, I appreciate the effort. You know. <laughs> Okay, so that that sounds actually really interesting. I wish I was able to see it. If you have the chance, definitely check it out. It's Suitcase Stories. It's running until the 25th. I, yeah, again, I just wish I could, I could check it out. But it's okay. I can't, you know, I can't watch everything even though I want to see literally every production that's being put on in Vancouver. But that's unrealistic. <laughs> okay, so before we move to our Adam PSA break, which will be followed by Silvana's review, I just want to quickly mention that Museum of Vancouver is having discounted rates, which is amazing. So the Museum of Vancouver, <laughs> which I read in my head, as mauve, which I know it's not correct, I know, but you know what? It's easier for me in my head. <laughs> Anyways, so they are offering discounted admission rates until the end of 2020. So until the end of this year, you have a couple of months, which is amazing. Um, the the adult rate is ten dollars, which is again amazing because it's difficult to find any ticket for ten dollars nowadays. So, if you ever wanted to check out Museum of Vancouver, the thought that the the prices were a little bit on the expensive side, well, now you have your chance. Because, as I said, until the end of this year, tickets are only $10. They have some pretty interesting exhibitions. I looked at them online from their website, which is museumofvancouver.ca. So you can get more information on there. Um, I will be checking it out because it's a really good excuse to leave your house. Just, you know, get some fresh air, indulge in some art and exhibitions and museum air. (laughs) Museums do have different type of air, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Okay, it is really important for me to mention, though, that tickets are only available online with a 14% limit to each 15-minute time slot. So I'm not really sure, actually, how the time slots work, but I'm sure if you just called the Museum of Vancouver, they will give you information, or they might have more information on their website, again, which is museumofvancouver.ca. So... If you wanna, if you wanna go out with, with your close friend who is in your bubble or with your family, just just go online, book your tickets, and you know, just go out and do something exciting. <laughs> Life has been very steady ever since you know COVID started. I mean, COVID really okay. Um, let's say lockdown started in March. So it's it's a nice different change of pace to be able to go out and do these things. So data also, I just want to mention again that tickets are only online. They don't have tickets at the door because of COVID. So please make sure that you actually plan this out instead of making a last minute decision, which I tend to do a lot. Honestly, I... I make a lot of spontaneous decisions and this is some this this is not one of those that I can do um but that's okay some structure is important in life you know okay so now that I have told you about the Museum of Vancouver's discounted admission rates 
which is going on until the end of 2020. Just to keep in mind, we will now have our ads and PSAs. I hope you enjoy the ads and PSAs. I do. I said this before today. Anyways, and then right after that, we're going to move directly to Silvana's review of the Polygon Galleries, the third realm. Realm? Realm. Yes, the correct pronunciation is realm. And then after Silvana, I will be back again to talk a little more because that's all we do on this talk show. It's in the name. <laughs> okay, anyways, see ya! Discorder Magazine has been supporting local music for over 30 years. Thanks to the long-term support of the Rickshaw Theatre, Discorder lives. Your favorite bands are playing at the Rickshaw Theatre. Check out their calendar just behind the cover of Discorder Magazine or at rickshawtheatre.com. Open Media International is a non-profit, non-partisan organization working towards informed, citizen-driven internet policy. Open Media believes in keeping the internet uncensored, open, innovative, secure, and providing universal access to fast and affordable networks. If you would like Open Media to keep campaigning for citizens and internet policy, you can donate to them at openmedia.org or openmedia.ca. You can also find them on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Google+. Hello everyone, it's Silvana over here and today I will be doing a short review of Polygon Gallery's exhibition called Third Realm. So I was super excited um, to go to this place, um, to the Polygon Gallery. It's in uh, North Vancouver, however I couldn't really um, make it in person this time. Um, they are open um, from Wednesday to Sunday. Their opening hours are 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Um, on Wednesdays and Friday to Sunday and then Thursdays they are open from 10 to 8 p.m. However, unfortunately I could not go um, in person to this amazing gallery. I've actually um, wanted to go for a long time. Um, me and my boyfriend have actually planned to go to this place for a long time um so this is gonna be um a review most more on like the exhibitions some exhibitions videos um that we got sent to catr arts report and i will be talking about these to hopefully encourage you to go um and visit the gallery in person of course um socially distanced and with all precautionary measures the gallery has different exhibitions but this one specifically called third realm will be open until november 8th so even you and i will probably um uh, be able to give it a, a give it a visit so i'm really excited about that um based on what i have already seen so um i'll start telling you about these videos that um we got sent which are about the reading overall exhibition called third realm the exhibition is um actually made up of different exhibitors <laughs> but however the title has been taken from um the first the first um artist i'm going to talk about is i hope i'm pronouncing this well <laughs> i'm not sure um but it's jompet kusuedanto i hope i did that right um, a solo show that um, he had for Parasite in Hong Kong um, and it's really the title of the overall exhibition um, as I understand it because they, the three of them um, are very um, fluid about space in a way, I don't know how to like put this all in just one term, but um, Third Realm is specifically the name for um, his exhibition, which talks about Indonesia. So 
Indonesia has a very um, particular history um, and it goes through um, the, the pre-colonial, the colonial, post-colonial, um, industrial, etc. Um, phases of, his, of its history. And this artist really um, delves into the different materialities of what this periods in history like mean um, and how they are not really clear-cut. So they are really overlaying um, and the Indonesian narrative is really like in the middle of um, all these different positionalities in history. So some of the questions that um, this artist wants to explore is how are subjects or spaces formed in between or in excess of the sum of its parts? Another one is how is the notion of su subjectivity and speciality formulated where the exchange of values, meaning, and priorities may not always be co collaborative and dialogical, but may be profoundly antagonistic. So um, in, the, in the pictures of Third Realm, what you can see is there are a lot of objects that are hanging from strings, um, many of them that would be born on people or animals, for instance, um, a horse, uh, but it, there is no horse it's just um the saddle and the chair and like um i think the tail but there's not really a horse and so it's the case with um some of the other setups with um, um perhaps uniforms of different uh people in different aspects of like culture maybe a soldier maybe um a monk and it looks really, really interesting. Um, the third realm is this kind of space, this third reality where like the space and like the body and like identity itself is negotiated. Um, and it is more of a hybrid reality. It's not really, it's kind of like here, kind of there. Um, and it really explores uh, the post-coloniality of Indonesia in that sense. Um, I'm super excited to go see it in person. Um, the next well exhibit um, is called Tulkus 1880 to 18 to 2018. So it's an exhibition by Paola Pivi, um, and Paola is exploring the notion of Buddhism, especially um, in the Tibet. Um, so it's basically made up of a lot of photographs of all the tolkus in the world from the beginning of photography back in 1880 until 2018 so fairly recent and these actually look really really fascinating um, of course it's very different types of photographies um many different subjects in different positions with different clothings it's really a, re a really, really great archive of pictures that is uh, exposed and curated. And there was an international team behind uh, behind this whole um, elaboration. It wasn't only Paola, but she really credits also her international team of experts that have been working with her for um, about two years. So they've helped collect and research and catalog that there's been... Um, different um, academics but also um, curators that have uh, collaborated with her um, and she really examines this like Tibetan diaspora through all these visuals. In a way it is a lot of information to take in. There are a lot a lot of pictures in each um, wall and it goes through halls, it goes in rooms. Um, so it looks like a very very immersive experience and full full of detail and it really tries to explore ex spirituality um, beyond the past the present and the future there are there's a note that i must uh, point out and is that atulku is a highly realized teacher or lama i'm sure people have heard of the dalai lama who is able to choose the manner of their rebirth this corresponds to accepted beliefs in realization, a goal of training the mind in ultimate wisdom and compassion and reincarnation. In addition to choosing the manner of their rebirth, 
Tulkus are often able to make known by giving cryptic clues a place of their next birth. I think it's really truly fascinating. Um, a very very interesting culture and as I said is really explorative of the passing of time within this culture and all the people that embody these ideals. So it looks really really interesting. I'm also really excited to go there. Um, finally, the third part of the third realm. <laughs> oh, before I go into this final part of the exhibition, it's I think it's important to point out that these are all um, contemporary art from Asia. So I'm not entirely sure where Paola Pivi is from, but um, the first artist that I like told you about, Jompet Cusuiedanto. <laughs> I'm so sorry if, I'm pronounce, if I pronounce it wrong, but um, well, clearly it's from in Indonesia. And these last, um, this last group is like, it's a group of artists, a collaboration called the Xinjing Men. So there's a very interesting breakdown of the name Xijing. So Xi, I do not personally speak Mandarin, but Xi means West, the West, or it's also a surname. And Jing is, um, I think, means capital. So like the capital of a country, the, a capital city, such as Beijing. <laughs> I'm sure we're familiar with it. And Xijing then means capital of the West. And this capital rests in no, rests in no geographical or historical fixed ground. Um, it is awakened instead as an artistic creation of the Xinjiang Collective, the, the men that make part of the Xinjiang Collective. Um, and these are three men. They correspond to the Beijing, capital of the north, Nanjing, the capital of the south, and Dongjing, Tokyo, the capital of the east. And they all live and work in their respective countries. Um, they have been collaborating since 2005 and this proposition is more of like a progressive exploration in what they call five chapters um, and it's a project that departs from the literary exercises of fictional geography and imaginative, and imaginative mapping. So this is what I was saying earlier of really being fluid about the like places. So this Xijing is not really grounded in our physical space, but it's more of a space of conversation and a space of creation that really plays with a binary. For instance, um, city capital of the West being West, um, our association to Western culture, but also um, the East, which is clearly East Asia. And it really embraces a new aesthetic and a different political posture. So it, it looks really, really interesting. I must confess that this last part, the Xinjiang Collective, I found a little bit more out there in the air. Like, I haven't really fully comprehended it. It sounds like a very complex task to imagine this place of Xinjiang. So I am really, really drawn to, to this particular exhibit. I personally study human geography, so talking about spaces and places is something that we do a lot. Um, doing it through art sounds super, super interesting. This is actually my first time that I'm like engaging with our view and CITR with um, a gallery. So a gallery is a very, um, it's a space in itself where we get to enjoy all these all these different perspectives on life and beauty and many other topics that are so relevant and interesting to our human condition. Um, this may be um, going a little, a little out there. But yeah, so I'm just gonna conclude by pointing out that Third Realm is also cu is curated in the Polygon Gallery by um, David Quadrio and the artists, I will repeat them again, are Jumpet Cuspidanto, whose um, exhibit names this really this overall um, third realm, Paola Pivi and the Xinjiang Men Collective. So yeah, it looks like a really really interesting exhibition. I am so excited to go between today and no and November eighth, and remember you can do so as well. 
um, visit the Polygon Gallery in North Vancouver. Thank you so much for listening. Well, thank you, Silvana, for that review. That was very lovely. So now I'm just going to quickly talk about the Women in Film and Television Society Vancouver, WIFTV. <laughs> so they have a program called From Our Dark Side, which has been going on for six years, but they will be shifting it to an advanced development model this year. This means that their program is now seeking completed feature-length screenplays with a creative team in place and has been redesigned to assist these themes in connecting with potential financing partners and markets so they will be focusing on marketing as well as pitch coaching for the international market you know as well as the finance just financing your film and so submissions are open until november 20th so they're open to self-identifying women who are canadian citizens or permanent residents so i'm sorry to my fellow students on a student visa you're gonna have to skip this one again the deadline for submissions is november 20th at 5 p.m pst you can get more information on their website which is womeninfilm.ca and lastly i want to talk about the vancouver art gallery I attended the media preview for their new exhibition, Victor Vassarelli, which will be going on until April 5th. It's on now, so you can check it out. If you don't know, Victor Vassarelli is a French-Hungarian artist who is considered the leader of the OP art movement, short for optical art. So this is not related to the exhibition itself, but Victor Vassarelli died in 1997 and I was born in 1997. So it's honestly crazy to me that I can see the artwork of someone who wasn't even alive when I was born because he died in March and I was born in December. So I don't know, it's crazy. And now I'm talking about it. I got to see the media preview of like exhibition with his work. Anyways. They aren't only showcasing his work, also they have OP art from Vancouver, so there's local OP artwork too, and there are a lot of screen prints, so if you're specifically interested in either or, or both, you can, you know, these two things being screen prints and OP art, <laughs> definitely check it out. Also on top of that, another exhibition that they have running at the same time is called Uncommon Language. So this is made in response to what Victor Vassarelli had intended to be an abstract language. The artists want the viewers to think through abstraction and think about universality. Also, <laughs> I should mention that their new hours are 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily, except for Tuesdays and Fridays. So on Tuesdays and Fridays, it's 12 p.m., so noon until 8 p.m. Also, another important thing to mention is that on Tuesdays, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., entrance is by donation. So I personally like any access to art by donation because I feel that it's very important because you might find tickets to be expensive which they are honestly uh, but with this option you can donate as much as you can and still get access to it so i love it you can buy the tickets online they show the availability for each day so you can see how crowded or empty the gallery will be which is very important especially right now their admission prices are around 20 to 25 dollars per adult but they do have discounts for students seniors and children like most galleries do i think all galleries do but yeah it sounds very interesting i definitely want to see it i think op art is very 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 cool and yeah again as i said i think it's really cool that you can see the capacity online and that you can you know decide your plan your day depending on that but yeah so check out the Vancouver Art Gallery. The media preview was definitely really enlightening and informative. I really, I'm really glad I, I attended that. But yeah, anyways, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope it was okay that I personally was a little calmer and that 
Today's show was a little more slow-paced. You know what? Life is going by so fast, we need to slow it down sometimes. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of just doing this. I can basically slow it down or make it fast. It's all up to me. Anyways, I'm... <laughs> I'm just not making sense at this point. You know what? I'm gonna leave you and I will hopefully talk to you next 